call themselves the Bad Batch. Hunter, the leader. Wrecker, the brawler. Echo, the hacker. Tech, the specialist. Crosshair, the marksman. This is the Bad Batch Talk. Hello there and good evening and welcome to another episode of the Bad Batch Talk. I'm William. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm joined by the man himself, Sovereign 41, aka Brenton. How are you, sunshine? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very good. Boom, how'd you like that one, mate? Excellent. That's pretty good, eh? Because yours is easy now too, Echo Bischoff. Yeah, yeah. Instead of a large amount of numbers. Yeah, it's a lot easier, isn't it? It is a lot easier. <laughs> How are you doing, man? Yeah, man, pretty good. Yeah. Windy week of work. It's been a very windy, especially today. Today was windy oh, as hell. Oh, today was ridiculous. I was trying to slap in French doors with uh, um, oil-based product in the absolute roaring wind was not, uh, you know, ultimate to work with. We had a little bit of uh, construction going on and they've put up these um, safety barriers, but the wind just takes them out. Ridiculous thing. Of course. Because they're all half the weight that what they should be. Yeah. Are you excited to talk about I am Bad Batch? Well, this episode is such a great episode. Oh. And you know, you being an uh, an RC um enthusiast, it probably would have uh, hit you so much more. It did. And I remember when you were watching it, you've messaged myself and Jimmy <laughs> and said, You boys are gonna love this shit. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I did. And I think it might be my new favourite episode. Well, we've gone from saying the best episode so far to saying this episode, which I'm going to have to say is up pretty, pretty well yeah. Yeah, above it. All right. Well, let's dive on in. You want to go over a little bit of what happened in the last episode? Oh, only just a little bit. It's a bit of a spell, but yeah, we'll give it a go. Go on. All right. So after spending many weeks on Ord Mantell, it might be time for the Bad Batch to leave. After returning from their latest mission, another one that Sid left crucial details out of, as seems to be her way. They discovered that the planet and uh, Sid's operations have been overtaken by Roland, son of crime boss Isa Durand, uh, who is trying to make a name for himself by joining up with the Pikes, a familiar family syndicate who uh, we have shown up in various corners of the Star Wars uh, canon over the years. Roland's trying to... Uh, solidify various uh, spice smuggling routes out of Ord Mantel using Sid's parlor as a base of operation. She and uh, she is obviously not keen on that on that idea. So the plan is to sabotage the deal. The Bad Batch episode 13 sets up a stealth mission involving tunnels and caverns underneath Ord Mantel. They have a bug problem, hence the episode's title of Infested. Above the ground, meanwhile. Sid facilitates the kidnapping of his prized pet Ruby and uh, to get Roland out of the way while the Clone Force 99 jack the spice shipment. Naturally, it all goes a bit wrong, as we always see in these episodes, uh, leading to a high-speed car chase through the tunnels. Uh, you guessed it, it awakens the sleeping hive of the critters. When the pikes arrive, they're not happy, to say the least. Taking Omega as, uh, as hostage... They insist that the Bad Batch retrieve the spice that was uh, lost during the chase. Tech figures out that the creatures in the caverns are nocturnal insects called uh, Erlings. So their best uh, bet is to strike before midnight. Sid and Wrecker rappel into the cavern to uh, retrieve the shipment, which 
almost gets both of them killed when the Erlings take issue with the presence. Tech is able to drop a light bomb into the cavern and fry them. With the spice retrieved, the Bad Batch are able to pay off the pikes, saving both of them and Roland, whose life Omega tries to bargain uh, for after spending a little bit of time with him in captivity. The pikes take one of his horns, but leave him breathing, uh, which seems to be the only mercy he's going to get. Maybe an inherited, uh, maybe an inherited uh, life of crime isn't for him. And that's basically where we left, left off in episode 13, Infested. Now we're up to episode 14, War Mantle. War Mantle. Yeah, like I said, my new favourite episode. I thoroughly enjoyed this. There was moments where I was jumping in my seat. I literally left my seat, my ass lifted up, <laughs> and I went, oh my God. So it's almost like a, a scary movie moment at the cinemas, like <gasps> jumping nah, out of the seat. Not a, not a jump scare, just a... Excited scare? Excited, like lifting myself up going, hang on, whoa, who, what, who was that, when, so, so why? On the, on the level of seat jumping scale, you, would you give yourself about a nine? It was a nine. Yeah. Yeah, it was a nine as far as jumping out of the Well, you, you know what it is. Ten, ten's hitting the roof, mate. It was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, <clears throat> this episode, War Mental, I'll do a little rundown of it, talk about a few things, and there's some really cool stuff in this episode, which I just, A, didn't expect to see, even though the Bad Batch are made up of commandos. Yeah. Like, people will argue, and they go, well, no, they're not commandos. They're the bad batch. Like, no, they're wearing commando armor. Like, they were tr- basically trained as commandos. Yeah, they're, they're commandos. Bugger off. All right, so the episode opens up with a lone trooper racing through a forest on a planet called Daro. We don't know it's called that yet. Uh, we also don't know who is chasing after him. We don't get a clear image of what's after him, but he's on the run and he's missing his arms and helmet. He's missing his arms, helmet, and yeah. his neck piece. Yeah, so. He's got... And backpack. He's got the bottom half on. And uh, so the people that are chasing him, though, we see their knees and thighs, uh, but one of them is a clone commando, uh, which is exactly the type of trooper that's being chased down. And these other troopers that are with this commando, they are definitely not clone troopers. You can tell that they're they're slightly different. (laughs) These troopers have massives. I don't know if you remember, but massives appeared throughout the franchise. Oh, yeah, They debuted in... um, Attack of the Clones. They were guard dogs for the Tusken Raiders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They didn't do a very good job when Anakin came along. <laughs> yeah, probably for a good reason. I killed all the men, all the women, and all the dogs too. Originally, they gained well, uh, wider recognition as pets uh, instead of, or I guess addition to, guard animals when the Mandalorian, Din Jaren proves them to be good doggos. He gives them a little rub on the belly. That, but these these animals seem to uh, originate from sandy, desolate worlds like Tatooine, uh, Florum, and Geonosis. Now, this opening scene it gave me two very specific uh, Spielberg shivers. Firstly, the chase scene opening up from ET, the extraterrestrial, uh, the lights passing through the trees, um, just the environment in general. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, and how we never quite see ET's pursuers. Uh, either they are from their waist down or they're from behind or they're backlit. And the second thing is the mountain design that we see in the episode when it opens and then later on. It really hit me as a, um, a, a nod to the Devil's Tower in 
close encounters of the third kind. Ah, uh, yes. Very, right. very close, yeah. The one that gets built out of mashed potato and, <laughs> and junk and, and stuff. Yeah. Really, really I, if that's not a nod, then, you know, I don't know what would be. Alright, so as the title implies, The Bad Batch, episode 14, War Mental, revolves around the Galactic Empire's Project War Mental. Now, this first appeared as one of many names on a secret Imperial project stored on the Scarif facility, from which Jin Erso and her team stole the Death Star plans in Rogue One. Do you remember any of the other names? Uh, Starburst? Yeah. Um. There was Stella Sphere. Mark Omega. Pax Aurora. War Mental. Cluster Prism. Black Saber. Black Saber. And Stardust, like you said. Yep. Death Star. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, its identity was confirmed in the Bad Batch Episode 3 when Admiral Rampart said it was the code name for the effort to shift the Empire away from using clone troopers to conscripts. War Mantle also hints at something big going down, revealing that Admiral Rampart is overseeing an operation that requires mobilising every viable clone on Kamino. Rampart instructs Crosshair to keep an eye on the Kaminoans... Knowing all too well, Prime Minister Lama Su is not happy about the Empire cancelling its contracts with him. Sure enough, Lama Su secretly meets with Chief Scientist Nala Se, saying he fears the Empire will destroy their cloning operations and they must prepare for their departure. We see here very briefly that Nala Se clearly gives a shit about the, uh, the children clones. Like originally she hired Fennec Shan to protect Omega, uh, and when we first see her in this episode, she is trying to get the youngling clones off the planet. Uh, whether they do or not, we don't know. Right? Yeah, yeah, remains a mystery. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, Captain Rex hails the Bad Batch aboard the Havoc Marauder, asking for their help. He has received a distress signal from Clone Trooper CC5576, better known as? Com- uh, Captain Gregor. Captain Gregor. Of course... In that opening scene, he did throw down the little beacons. I thought they were grenades, and then I didn't. Initially, that's what I thought. I thought he was laying down a grenade for them to trip and then boom, explode. But no, it was a beacon. It was the beacon. Go figure. The episode's major new character is actually a returning face from the Clone Wars. Although you wouldn't necessarily know it, he first appeared in the episode Missing in Action in Season 5, living as an amnesiac dishwasher. R2-D2, so this was the famous episode where R2-D2 and I think it was D-Squad. Yeah, it was D-Squad, yeah. I thought it was really fun. Uh, Usually I didn't like the droid episodes of uh, Clone Wars. They were were lost on this planet. They were. In the desert. And they had the little, um, what's his name? Uh, It was General Slug. (laughs) (laughs) He looked like a slug. Yeah, he was like a a slug midget. Ah, that's right. Mibor Gascon. General? Colonel. Colonel. He's a colonel. (coughs) Fancy fucking pants. <laughs> R2-D2 and the others uh, found his clone armor and jogged his memory just in time for Gregor to be seemingly killed in battle. So he's basically sacrificed himself by blowing up all the uh, explosives that they were rounding up. Oh, it's not, the, it's not the only thing that he blew out of him. He seems to have blown all the, all the seriousness out of himself too. Yeah, he's, a couple of brain cells probably disappeared. Yeah, he's a little bit quirky now. A bit, bit clicky. <laughs> uh but he was confirmed to have survived that blast in Rebels, where he teams up with Rex and other retired clones. Uh, which was just Wolf, right? 
Yeah, it's just war. So they were hiding from the Empire. Gregor really did die in the fight against the Empire in Rebels, but not before telling Rex that he was glad to fight for a cause he actually chose to believe in. It's actually actually quite a damn sad moment, too. Yeah. Oh, lots of scenes in Rebels were. Uh-huh. Uh, now, when we see Gregor in Rebels, his forearms are the same colour design as his original armour from the Clone Wars, which was the, the yellow and white with the strange yeah. camo look. Yeah. But as an instructor, he just had plain old regular white gear. So I'm guessing maybe his, his gear was, was blown up in the explosion. Could have been blown up, could have been, could have been anything. So maybe also he's just like a bit nostalgic when he's older and he just sort of painted it up. Yeah. So it was a bit more... Probably wouldn't, probably wouldn't remember when times were good. Yeah. So the planet that Rex gets the distress signal from is Darrow. Tech informs the gang that it's a terrestrial planet in the outer rim with no known settlements or installations. Uh, and although they're in the middle of a job for Sid, Echo and Omega are adamant that helping Rex's friend is more important than being paid. After a bit of back and forth, Hunter consents uh, to go check things out, but is visibly uneasy. Then again, when isn't Clone Force 99's caring leader wary of prioritising their ideals over their continued ability to make a living? There's a little bit of an exchange here with Rex. <laughs> I love this. That I, I do love. Awesome. And it's uh, when each of the clone, the bad batch, should I say, is putting forward their point of view of what's going on. Wreck is like, Echo's got a point. <laughs> Tech's got a point. The, the kid's, kid's got, got a point. point. Yeah. And then I, I just, like I said, I love Hunter's just quiet, just like look at him like, are you done? Yeah. Are you done? <laughs> are you done? <laughs> Hunter isn't any more comfortable uh, by the time they enter Darrow's atmosphere, pointing out they're risking a lot for a clone they don't even know. Rex trusts him, and I trust Rex, Echo replies, putting his foot down, more or less. And that does the trick, and Hunter tracks the trail Gregor left after being captured and dragged away during his attempt to flee the planet. Where was he really going, though? Well, he had nowhere to go. He was... He was going bush. Yeah, just going bush. He was doing the Aussie, he was doing the Aussie thing, mate. When you get in trouble with the law, you just go bush. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so his trail leads the squad to a mountain where uh, something is jamming their comms. Omega and Rekka are sent to stay behind at the ship. Rekka climbs the mountain with Tech and Echo, uncovering a military base hidden within the depths. The mountain's natural composition makes the base well fortified and nearly impenetrable, Tech explains. Now, I straight up thought when I seen this mountain with a possible thing inside it, uh, it reminded me of Mount Tantus from the Thrawn trilogy. Oh, I thought it would have been obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Mount Tantus was originally the site of an old Republic fort that uh, reactivated by Palpatine during the Clone Wars. The storehouse contained both objects and trinkets of unspeakable evil, as well as mementos from the conquests of the Empire. His most private treasures were hidden in a massive labyrinth designed by Garbo Vedros in the mountain's bottom chamber. Another thing this had was a lot of a cloning facility, mm. and that's what Thrawn wanted to access so he could create uh, staff and crew for the Dreadnoughts. Yeah. That are the title, uh, main sort of thing the books are about, of him yep. getting the Dreadnoughts. All right, so realising that this is no longer a simple extraction, Hunter feels they should back out. Echo, on the other hand, is determined to keep going and reminds Hunter of what happened on Skeko Minor. Skeko. Skeko? 
What happened on Skeko Minor? Uh, that's where uh, Echo was uh, basically housed. They they had him uh, all strung up, Tashi computers, and that was his little little jail cell, more or less, on Skeko Minor. That's yeah. actually where we get to first meet the uh, the boss to get to see the Bad Batch in um, in action. Basically doing the exact same thing, weren't they? Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Because Echo was more or less they were extracting information from his from his brain. Yeah, like they thought what, that they were well. They were. They were. They were extracting. Uh, they were. They were. They were. public plans. Yeah, the gameplay, right? Yeah. Yeah. The human. Um, human Rex used to sort it together. Yeah. So naturally, uh, the thought of a clone being held captive, uh, captive, resonates strongly with Echo, who refuses to give up on rescuing Gregor. Echo then uses his scomp, little scompy scomp, to hack into. I the can't help but laugh every time you say that. Scomp. <laughs> uh, into the bases system. After he and the others sneak in, let's be honest. Echo needs a hand already. I oh mean, I just yeah, an attachment. You just and then he puts the hand on. Like multi-purpose or something. Even if know. it's just a finger, just flipping the bird. Everywhere he goes, he's just flipping a bird. It does the whole Inspector Gadget finger thing, you know? Yeah. Go go Gadget, scomp finger, you know? <laughs> yeah. All it's got to do is fold down a bit, and it just sort of pops Come, out. Comes out the yeah. wrist. <laughs> Should have a hand. But I guess maybe it's a um, he's embracing his uh, disability. Or maybe he's training for um, some form of Galactic Olympics, you know, being disabled, one-handed rock climbing. Maybe. And they, well, he did do that. They More climbed, they scaled a very steep mountain. <laughs> one-handed. One-handed. <laughs> well, he's got cyborg legs, so, you know. He does have cyborg legs. He can leap, leaps and bounds. Or he just walks, like, directly up sideways, horizontal. Terminator style. Terminator style of the cliff, nice. Uh, we see and hear a lot of little nods to the Death Star while they're sneaking through this mountain base. Uh, many times, a small piece of music from the Death Star Escape is played. On Just like po- that. On point. I like it. But what can you say? It was incredible to hear those little motifs just sneaking their way back in multiple yeah. times in the episode. Uh, well, even the nice little little reference from the the Death Star to this episode with the thermal exhaust port. Yes, that'll be another little uh, Death Star thing. So, not just that, like you said, the um, there's certain panels and corridors uh, that we see in this base that are just totally Death Star. Yep. There's one where uh, when Han <coughs> is arguing about the fact to go on Princess uh, Princess to save Princess Leia. And Luke brings up the money, that little console with the red yep. bits. That pops up, a very similar one in the episode as well. Yep. So confused, Echo notes the base houses 50 clone commandos and 100? Hu- 1,000 TK troopers. The latter of which is not a designation Tech is familiar with. Uh, setting that question aside, they press ahead and find Gregor in cell block 25, quickly freeing him. Uh, this scene, of course, mirrors Luke and Leia's first meeting as Luke rescues her from the cell block. And Leia sort of questions Luke, just like Gregor questions the boys. Yep. As they sneak through the base, Gregor explains the troopers are gathering for an inspection, which will make it near impossible to sneak past them. He's also surprised to learn Hunter and the gang are so-called defective clones before adding, if you ask me, it's the ones who want to stay here who are really defective. 
Gregor begins to explain that he was an instructor for the Empire's conscription soldiers when Tech accidentally sets off an alarm after trying to use an old clone code to redirect the base's troops. Fortunately, he and the others have little trouble stunning and taking out the conscripted TK troopers, who are pretty terrible at their job. And uh, Gregor adds, uh, when questioned about what he was doing to these troopers, he says, I uh, didn't teach them everything. That would be a bit... <laughs> yep. Uh, <coughs> I'm not sure why the Bad Batch are still using stun blasts. I think it's because... Well, I know um, in their first little tussle with... Uh, Crosshair, they they were using live live rounds, but um, ever since they kind of knew that uh, all these uh, things that were going on was because of an inhibitor chi- inhibitor chip, they kind of didn't want to keep hurting their brothers. I think it's their little compassionate way, I guess. Mm, I don't know, but I'll get to it later. There's a bit where they, he's, one of them certainly does fire r- live rounds. <laughs> it turns out one of these commandos that we see pop up might be a little bit familiar. Uh, the trooper with the white and yellow armor and bright blue visor is RC1262, known as Scorch, who, of course, is from... Republic Commando. Republic Commando, 2005 video game. Now, he was one of Delta Squad. That video game was the reason that I own Republic Commando armor. Uh, it is the, the only armor I ever wanted to build. It, the look of the Republic Commando is... It's intimidating. It's like nothing else. The look is intimidating. Wearing it is intimidating. Well, when you get uh, you and your Asayama, Jimmy in his Asayama, and then you get me and my phase one Echo, it's funny. you got two clones, like, the same height. <laughs> and then you've got a big talk, yeah, fuck Jimmy, just overtowering people. Like, Isn't he, like, the defective clone? Yep. I remember... Like, that game. That was 2005, man. That's the year I finished uh, year 12 at school. Uh, no, I was well out of school by then. Three years before that. I remember looking at those troops and it's like, these are badass. Why would you want to be a normal clone trooper? Yeah. <laughs> uh, although I do want to I do want to put together a phase two. That'd be cool as well. They're everything I love about Star Wars. They, they're just beefy, bulky, war machines on their own. Everything about them. The guns, the helmets, everything. So, the video game, unfortunately, is no longer considered canon. Uh, It was decanonized when Disney took over and decided to start their own little stories. Bastards. Now, Scorch was later re-canonized with a minor role in Star Wars Season 3 and the episode Witches of the Mist, in which we see a... Uh, the Delta Squad. That's correct, yeah. Uh, returning uh, a body. Yeah, uh, one, of the, one of the Jedi um, after being attacked by Savage Oppress. And nobody's really talking there, but you definitely see all four of the Deltas. But I like how they use uh, Tem's voice. Yeah, well, it is. One thing I like about uh, the video game, I'll just talk about that for a second, is that each of the well, boss has Tem Morrison's voice, but the other three have individual voices. And I like I read once that one of the explanations for that is that they do all sound the same. It's just what they hear each other sound like. That's it's actually what Boss hears them. Yeah. So Boss sees them and hears them as different individuals, uh, and maybe that's what it's like. 
Like oh, with, with the rest of the brothers? Yes. Yeah. So the way we hear them, which even though we, they all sound different, to a degree, thanks to um, Bradley D. Baker's um, incredible ability to voice over a <laughs> possibly 100, 200 different clones. Oh, easy. Uh, but maybe they all do sound different to each other. And we're, of course, we're watching that externally. We're in the video game. We are... We are boss, so we that is our ears that are hearing the, yep. the other guys. Yep. Uh, right, so now, the only thing about the whole Scorch thing is that on the Disney, or oh, the StarWars.com website, they, there's a bit of a war metal episode guide, and it does state that clone commandos were first mentioned in uh, Attack of the Clones. One of the clone troopers mentioned to Mace Windu that they've yes. got multiple commando squads ready for deployment or whatnot. Uh, and that the commandos were then made popular in 2005 video game, which we just addressed. And one of the commandos seen in this episode was designed to resemble RC1262, aka Scorch, from that game. So they're not saying that that is Scorch. It just happens to look like Scorch. Yeah, it isn't, but it may, it may, it may, may, may be. as well be. And as far as I care, that's it Scorch. Is, that's Scorch. <laughs> what does it matter? So say, say that is full on Scorch. Where's the rest of Delta? That would have been cool to see if all four of them were oh, after. Oh, imagine or that. Bad Batch versus Delta. Well, we might have a little bit, little chat about this later on. Yes. We'll get back to Delta Squad, I believe. So, but there was other things pulled from that video game that has been used in this episode. There's a brief moment where the visor sound effect is heard. Bit of a blip, blop, blip, bloop. Now, when Wrecker uh, fires his DC-17M, uh, when they... We haven't got back to it yet in the, the breakdown here, but he comes back around and starts firing down the corridor. Uh, that sound effect is from the video game. Yep. It's ripped from that. I don't know if they used that video sound in previously when they were firing the I guns. Haven't, I haven't. I'd, I'd have to go sounds, back and... Sounds different. Yeah. And there is a couple of little panel sound effects when... You remember in the game when they're setting up bombs? And it's just the like... Yeah, it's just... Bleep, 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 yeah. Bleep, bleep. That was used in the, the episode as well. Yep. Now, the Commando is clearly a superior clone. <laughs> Maybe I'm biased. Something I've been saying for a long time. And <laughs> we see Scorch. And I, that's Scorch. I don't care what anyone says, man. That's Scorch. That is Scorch, uh, I reckon. And there is... Maybe, you know, he's, Scorch was the demolitions guy. Yeah. So all the bombs and special, like, ordnance that he had attached to him... Making I don't, some new real estate. <laughs> I don't blame him for not having that on him while he's training. I think there's a there's easy ways to, to go. Okay, he doesn't need that stuff while he's training, you know, these TK troopers. When you see, uh, you know, army soldiers in, in our real world, when they're training, not all the time do you see them, you know, walking exactly. around with full packs and armed weapons, you That's know. That's right. So we see Scorch taking a beating. He absolutely, I think compared was, to the I TKs and all the other clones we've ever seen. I think it was like four or five stun blasts. Four or five stun blasts. He cops... Uh, he he's ducking, weaving, and he just keeps on going like a freight train, man. Especially when he's like jumping and climbing and parkour. Like it's just superior to the clone troopers. Oh, the elevator coming up and they're just working all around it. While all the other blokes are kind of still kind of stuck in the one spot, he's like just, I guess, relying on his commando training, always moving forwards. Yes. Exactly. So when Hunter asks about their replacements, these TK troopers. Gregor notes that the clones are soldiers of a republic that doesn't exist, adding that the recruits 
come from all over the galaxy and swear loyalty to the Empire. They're not as skilled, but they're an endless supply of... They're not as skilled, but there's an endless supply of them. But isn't there an endless supply of clones? Like, I guess you got to pay for a clone... And if they're just if they're just conscripts, you're not paying for them. They they are free. I guess you're pa- I guess you're paying for the here and the now. Whereas say for them at that point in time, it be it would be easier because guaranteed there'd be countless billions of uh, adult uh, you know human beings um, for them just to quickly pick through. Whereas if they had only just started um, say they just started Operation Project Warmantle and they're going to use clones, then they'd have to start that cloning process, wait at least another 10 years to get decent clones. Whereas, yeah. Yeah, I get that. I don't know. I just, I just, when I hear like an endless supply, I think, aren't clones literally an endless supply? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which further explains why the Empire stops using clones in favour of stormtroopers. Mm, I don't think so, but anyway. At the same time, their numbers create a problem for our heroes, allowing them to block all access points to the base's central ring. Tech suggests using one of the reactor's main exhaust points. Boom. Boom. Another thing War Mantle shares with the Death Star. Uh, this time, though, they're um, using it as a getaway spot, revealing they can signal Wrecker and Omega from there to pick them up, seeing that it's uh, halfway up the mountain. So this same element was used in A New Hope when Luke Skywalker fired his proton torpedoes to break through the Death Star's defences and start the chain reaction that destroyed that big old Death Star. Stardust. Stardust. Yeah, these TK stormtroopers. It's like almost like a phase one, right? The, the, compared to the, the TKs as we know them in the original trilogy. So these are replacing the clone trooper designs. And they draw from Macquarie's concept art. Yeah, that was the, uh, the the very first thought to come to my head was I'm like, oh my god, it is the concept trooper. It's another time when I jumped out of the chair. Uh, so these Macquarie's designs were so iconic that they were they would still inspire the overall design of the series today. Everything like we see, well, it's still it? popping up. Yeah, well, we've even seen. Um uh, prop makers actually make the armor so people can wear it themselves. Yes. I, I think in Rebels, I've got a feeling like the design of Vader and a few other bits and pieces, it was just... Uh, oh, and Zeb. Yeah. Like, that's the original-ish design that was reworked from Chewie yep. of, of Macquarie's design. Yeah, yeah. So the, he, his fingers are, are through it still. Like, like I said, it's just stuff that he's designed it's coming back and being used and I like the idea that this is a phase one version to the TK yeah and to be honest I like it better I do too I like this design better than what the TK is because it's got the um, the symmetry it's like the clone troopers it's like mirrored it's the same well look at at the design of the helmets you can see a lot better of those helmets than you could a TK (laughs) helmet I imagine so. Did I remember seeing a meme, or maybe it was something else, but that's like why stormtroopers are so bad, and it looks on the inside of the helmet. There's these tiny little like paper holes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's all like looks like a you know, camera uh, aperture stuff. But yeah, I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> all right, so more on Ralph Macquarie for a little bit because I I love his work. So in a book called Ralph Macquarie, Star Wars concept artist, a, a tribute to a master. Uh, it was released in parts on StarWars.com. George Lucas, 
and other major figures in the franchise discuss Macquarie's impact on the Star Wars franchise. How many times can I say franchise? In the documentary, George Lucas states that Macquarie's influences on the series were incalculable. Lucas elaborates further, saying that Macquarie's designs were so accurate in terms of what he wanted that Lucas found it easy to fulfill um, his most like his desires uh, for most of the film's designs. So, the Batch making their way past the TK Troopers. Hunter, Tech, Gregor and Echo successfully contact the Havoc Marauder from their uh, exit point. Omega even gets to briefly try out her piloting skills. So she got to grab hold of the the reins of the, the Havoc Marauder and she did all right. It's good to see she's been uh, taking up uh, Tech's training. Yeah. And uh, again, I'll say that I love that she's not perfect. She's yep. not just, I can just fly a ship. Still, obviously, she's she's struggling, but she did the best that she could under she's the circumstances. She's still done a pretty good job, and then yeah. Tech came over and took over. Yeah. So, this is moments before the base's ships begin firing down upon them, uh, causing the Marauder to lose power. Now, these ships, I love the design of the ships that were coming after them. Uh, what can you tell us about these ships? Ah, uh, the, the Alpha 3 Nimbus-class V-Wing Starfighter. Uh, they were made in the Kuwait uh, Systems Engineering uh, Company, uh, they cost 120,000 credits to make. They were 7.9 metres long. A little bit. I thought it's probably a little bit longer than I thought. Uh, it comes with two dual uh, rapid-fire laser cannons. It's got a top speed of 52,000 kilometres an hour. Uh, it first came into service in the last few dying months of the Clone Wars. Um, it, it has no hyperdrive, but requires being carried into combat by a carrier... Um, and they were a formidable match for the dangerous vulture droid. Uh, the cockpit was also uh, was so compact that it was made uh, unpressurized, and the pilot re- was required to wear a pressurized suit to operate it. Oh no way! Yep. All right. Everything everything on that ship was so so tiny. Like it's got no hyperdrive, but the um, but the the power that it has was 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 crazy. Because it. it kind of looks like the Jedi cruiser, the little interceptor thing, right? Yeah. But it also kind of looks like an A-wing uh, with more uh, wingy bits on the side. Yeah. When when I very first seen in uh, Revenge of the Sith, I I really thought, wait, I'm like, oh, that must be the uh, the prototype to the TIE fighter. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the wing I shape. Guess, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess so. That's funny, yeah. I'm just looking at some concept art and it looks like an A-wing. No, yeah, I really love the design of that ship. Um, One of the things that annoyed me, one of the things that annoyed me about the sequels was there was no original ships in the in the bloody show. Like, no. it was all just copies of ship we've seen already, which was just X-wings and TIE fighters. They're all just hand-me-downs. Not even that. They're just the same ship. Like, it, it was disappointing that we didn't see any new ships uh, as, you know, these sort of ships. Oh, anyway. We've got to see the ghost. I'm being very, yeah. Well, that was in, what, Rogue One? Oh, no, it was in Rise of Skywalker, wasn't it? It was in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, when all the all the mar- the, the whole bloody squad there's drops m- up. But there's more of us. No. I don't want to talk about that. Horrible stuff. All right. Now, I love this next bit. Oh, it was so good jumped out of my little chair again. <laughs> In a fist-pumping moment for me, uh, our friend Gonky 
gets a moment to shine and proves he is more than just a dumbbell, as we've seen him at Wrecker, mm. working out together, even if Gonky didn't have any say in it. I think, I think Star Wars fans worldwide would have just been having these little tiny fist pump moments for just seeing the Gonk droid actually having a hero moment. Yeah, no, that's right, man. Gonky, I think the Gonk droids have this real cult status where people love them, but they've never been given this sort of moment. So Omega plugs Gonky into the vessel and revitalizes its failing systems. I simply love how you can see Gonky just straighten up in the frame and become an important member of the batch. Yeah. Yep. He even has an own little fanfare. He does. He um, does. Which I can't pick where it was from originally, but it's definitely a piece uh, of Star it, Wars music. Just f- to my ears, it just has this Empire Strikes Back f- yeah. ring to it, but I could be wrong. Um, so Hunter falls off the ship after leaping aboard and he barely manages to survive his tumble down the mountain thanks to his... Only, only just a fall? It was a quite a fall. He should have died. He, <laughs> he fell and then he fell again and, and then, he, then he, you know... Hit a tree and then he fell again. He jumped from heaven and then kept falling. Yeah, but luckily for him, his heightened physical abilities uh, saved his clone ass. Uh, so with the Marauder experience multiple system failures, Hunter orders the others to leave as the Empire soldiers uh, surround him uh, on the ground. Now, I think there was our good friend Scorch was there with a he couple was, more commandos. He was down there and he's just like, you know, hey man, how would you like to get stunned? <laughs> more than four or five times. Mm. Uh, and they also had the massives. There were a couple of those. Uh, yeah, there was. I think it was about, th- about three of them. Yeah. Now, I would have liked Hunter to really get messed up a bit from the fall. Well, from falling from the top of this massive big, you might as well say it's like a volcano-sized mountain. Yeah, it was a good... Oh, no, it was halfway up. Yeah. He was halfway And then, you know, fell just a full free fell and through trees, smashes on cliffs, and then just thuds on the bottom. I half expected his, you know, backpack to be just everywhere. Yep. Expect a... um, a couple of his, uh, you know, his plastoid armor just destroyed. Yeah, I mean, look, look what a bloody, um, like, a, look what a combi stick does to a stormtrooper's helmet. Surely, rock and a thousand meters of yeah. falling would have just broken up armor. I think it would have been a good visualization that, like, he's a little bit broken. Uh, yeah, but the armor doesn't make the man. Uh, Iron Man. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, even the armor sort of gets destroyed, but. It's really what's on the inside. Yeah. I think that would have been a nice thing to see. So, Hunter's not the only one in a tight spot by the end of the episode. Back on Camino, our long neck friends, uh, Rampart approaches Lama Su, revealing he caught Nala Sei gathering medical personnel to flee the planet. Lama Su tries to talk his way out of it, but Rampart has other plans, saying there's no need for politicians like Camino's Prime Minister. Uh, and s- taking Nala Se away for another project, some sort of other sciencing. Does the Empire just like straight just own Kamino or something like? Kamino is their home, it's their place, their facility. Yeah, that's odd, right? Yeah, and then he's just like, sorry, you can't leave your planet. You could before, but you can't now. But I think that isn't that the Empire's whole thing. They think they rule the the galaxy. Yeah. So well, it's like they've almost like, oh, we've inherited Kamino. Yeah, it's our facility now. Pretty much. And they're like. No, you rented it off us. It's, it's our facility. We're just selling you the product that comes out of it. No, we're, we're, we're rebranding it to Empire Inc. You know, clone, <laughs> Camino cloning facility. Yep. And I, uh, like they said in it, I think they'd rather see it burn 
than uh, let someone else. Well, it would be the first time we've seen the, the Kaminoans uh, evacuate or flee one of their old facilities. Yeah. So, as for Hunter, uh, he's waiting in a prison cell and where we see him come face to face from his old pal Crosshair. Crosshair says to him, I'm hoping for the whole squad, but you'll do. Uh, which is ending war mental on a decidedly ominous note. Now, do you think that the next two episodes are going to be based on Camino? Possibly. Yeah. Maybe... Maybe we see... Maybe not the next episode. We're obviously, they're going to have to get Hunter out of there, right? Yeah. Unless he's moved to Camino. Well, this this is another... If you, or I'd say, say you set that up. He's moved to Camino and uh, gone under some sort of something or other there at Camino. What if... Remember how we seen um, Obi-Wan Kenobi get saved by... Um, Duchess Satine. No, no, no. Her, her sister. I've got a memory blank. Um... <laughs> Bo-Katan bo <laughs> So it sets up that scene from uh, You know the Clone Wars Where we see uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi Wearing Death Watch armour yep. Being saved by uh, Bo-Katan And he opens up the blast doors And he walks down to the big thing And all he could say was um, All of Bo-Katan's you know, loyalists Fighting against Death Watch In this all out crazy fight scene Maybe Maybe uh, Hunter's um, broken out of prison on Camino, opens up the door, and we see just clone versus clone, or TK Trooper versus clone. We could see something like that. One other little prediction would be Rex is obviously putting together a team, uh, and I, I think he's already got Wolf. Well, when he said he was busy, he, he was doing other things when he contacted. Maybe he was with Wolf. Or I, don't, I don't think they need to explain how Wolf got there. Just as Wolf, like whatever. Um, so now that he'll have the rest of the Bad Batch and he'll have Gregor and then they go and try and save Hunter. Yep. And if Hunter's taken back to Camino, then they all are on their way back to Camino. Now, Omega never wanted to go back to Camino, and Hunter promised that he would never have to take her there. But I think it's going to be a, a show of Omega's character that she's like, if Hunter's at Camino, guess where we're going? And like she said, I'd never want to go back there. Well, as she said before, I'd do it for you. Yeah. So I think Omega's going to be the one that's like, oh, fuck, man, we're going to Camino. Yep, yep. We're going back home, boys. Yeah. So if, if it's not the exit next episode, it's the end of the next episode, they'll be back at Camino and there'll be a huge clone uprising, I think, on Camino. We'll probably even see Hauser again. Possibly, yes. Right? And then it will be a whole probably find out what really goes on with the end of the Clone Wars with the clones. Yes, yes. Well, it begs, uh, it begs the question, um, are we going to see a second season of the Clone Wars? Oh, sorry. Of, uh, Bad Batch. Are we going to see a second season of the Bad Batch? I really don't know. I don't know. I originally thought it was only supposed to be the standalone one season. Yeah, I've I got a feeling it might be, hey. If it is, does that mean they're all going to pass on? Disappear into, or maybe, maybe they all, maybe maybe they save Hunter, and as they're trying to get off the planet, they all start getting picked off one one by one, and it, it eventually comes down to 
just either Omega or or just Hunter, and they have this ultimate like Arnold Schwarzenegger Predator fight at the end. <laughs> you know, yeah, armor totally. gets ripped off, blood everywhere, loud ah screams. You know, I'm gonna kill you. You know, all this kind of crazy sort of shit. Maybe that maybe who knows? Maybe man. I like I like crazy shit like that. So. <laughs> Let's get on to some segment stuff. <laughs> I think it's time to talk about some more clones. <laughs> oh, yeah. So would you like to do your little Willy, Willy Cannon? Cannon. Willy Cannon. Willy Cannon with William Lord Biscoff. Willy Chat. No, it's not Willy Chat. Willy oh, Cannon. Oh, man. Oh, man, I've been up since 4.30. No, I've been up since 3.30. Um, can you do it? Can I do what? The voiceover. Willie Cannon. Willie Cannon. Willie Cannon. Willie Cannon. With William Lord Bischoff. <laughs> Alrighty, oh, so with this episode fourteen of uh, the Bad Batch, I thought, you know, we might as well we might as well do it. We're we're dealing with uh Republic Commandos. So Willie Cannon this week, we're gonna deal with Delta Squad. So Delta Squad was an elite clone commando squad that carried out Demanding missions of uh, for the Grand Army of the Republic during the Clone Wars, comprised of four clones of the Mandalorian Banner Hunt, Bounty Hunter Jango Fett. Delta Squad included RC eleven thirty eight, RC eleven forty, RC twelve oh seven, and RC twelve sixty two. Informally known as Boss, Fixer, Sev, and Scorch, respectively. Um, one of the twenty five squads that uh, comprised. The Arca Company of the Commando Group 05 Commando in the Grand Army's Special Operations Brigade. Delta Squad took their orders from Director Special Forces Jedi General Arlingan Zay, along with Zay's former Padawan, uh, Barden uh, Jusik, for the entirety of the war. Uh, and then for Jusik's uh, replacement, Jedi Knight, Etain to um, Mukan. During several missions, the unit was also overseen by a field uh, clone advisor, CC-01425. First deployed on Geonosis at the start of the Clone Wars, Delta Squad would go on to play an instrumental role in recapturing of the uh, RAS Prosecutor, as well as the rescue of uh, fellow clone commander unit Omega Squad, in conjunction with Omega uh, and working with the two Null-class advanced uh, recon commandos, a.k.a. ARC troopers, under the direction of uh, former uh, Calvaldar uh, training sergeant Cal Skirata, uh, Delta would take part in the shutdown of the Separatist uh, terror cell operating on Coruscant. Uh, the squad uh, would uh, be tasked with locating the, uh, the Kaminoan defector Kosei, uh, through their um, through the search would turn up nothing but the scientist severed's head. Pretty pretty brutal. Uh, Delta Squad would uh, again prove invaluable in the uh, to the Republic uh, in the lead up to the Battle of Kashyyyk, where they were able to rescue the Wookiee chieftain uh, Tarful from his uh, Trandoshan slaver captors, uh, defend Wookiee villages from the Separatist battle droids, and even destroy a uh, recusant class light destroyer. However, on, uh, however, it was on Kashyyyk that Delta Squad would be forced to abandon one of their own, the co- clone commander known as Sev. Uh, when he came under fire and the squad received orders from Jedi Grand Master Jedi General 
uh, Yoda himself to immediately pull out, Delta Squad would go on to serve the newly formed Galactic Empire as part of the 501st Legion's Imperial Commando Special Unit, where they were given replacement for Sev and tasked with hunting down Jedi who had escaped Order 66, along with clone deserters, Jedi sympathizers, and under and other Imperial dissidents. So there's a little spiel about uh, about Delta Squad. Man, like I said previously in this episode, that was the reason how why I got armor. Like, yeah, never. I knew what the Legion was previous to this, but it wasn't until that game where I'm like, okay, I know what I want to do now. Yep, that's that's what I want. And initially, I bought Sev. I bought the kit to to build Sev because I loved the the shoulder attachment. I, I, I like to hit the the hand, which yeah. is funny because Echo has the same thing, similar. Because Sev, Sev, it's almost like Sev just looks like he's just been covered in blood. That's what it looks like. That's what it's meant to be, yeah, to a degree. It's just this blood slaughterage. And, yeah, the commandos have been such a, a huge part of my life uh, that they feel like home. Like in, in my room here where we record, I've got there's the backpack. Mm-hmm. And the, the pistol that's sitting right there. You got on your DC, the you got your DC-17M uh, in its case. Down here. You got your little uh, RC I painted for you on top of your computer. A little RC there with a missing knee pad. Yep. Uh, much like your first troop. My, my first troop. Uh, and I've got my, my helmets, uh, of course, in the cabinet here. And one of them are, uh, I remember too well, um, your original helmet. Uh, we waited in line for a pretty good hour, I'd say. I don't think it was that long. But yeah. Oh, we we stayed in kit. Yeah. Like for near like six hours or so. Oh, easy. Yeah, easy six hours at Supernova. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, no, nah, I can't deal with it. And Brendan's like, come on, man, we got to do it. We got to do it. Um, we're gonna go see Tem, and you got to stay in army with the the best thing you've ever done. And I just, I, I made, I pushed through it, the pain. And yeah, watching Brenton get his uh his RC helmet, um, personally signed by uh, Tamora Morrison. Man, that was such a that was an experience and a half. He's such a cool dude, mate. Oh yeah, I was blown away. So, little story about that. I got in line with Tem. Uh, I, I had uh, my helmet to sign, and I have a um, boxed Black Series figure yeah. for him to sign. And I've gone, oh, just these two. I'd love you to sign them. Blah 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 blah. And his handler said, "Well, you need two tokens for each thing." And I'm like, "Well, that's not what the guys at the desk told me." And I'm like, "Okay, it's all good." And um, Tem's like, "Nah." I'll, I'll sign him. Like, he's with the Legion. Like, it's he, all good. He, he does a lot of work with the Legion too. And I was <laughs> like, man, that was so cool. It's pretty cool when you see, um, you know, uh, celebrities do that kind of stuff. Yeah. That was really kind of him. I loved it. Uh, but, so he obviously voiced uh, Boss in the Republic yes, Commando game. Yes. And as we were saying previously about the different voices that the other Commandos had. I still like the continuity of him voicing Boss in... Um, the Bad Batch. Yeah. Oh, sorry, in um, Clone Wars. That was brilliant. That was yeah, so good. So good. Uh, and that game, it is on Steam. You can pick it up still and play it. It's a little bit difficult to, I feel. <laughs> you, you can get it on Xbox One now, can't you? I think so. <coughs> it is, Or it's on PlayStation 4, maybe. And I don't know if it's remastered, but they've done something to it. It's I think it has been remastered. Worth having a go. It's worth getting in there. And sometimes you give up on the guns. You get that little fist blade. And you just punch the robots in the head. The droids, should I say. 
You punch those battle droids in the head and they get quicker than a, uh, a uh, bag of uh, bag of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of banter shit. Banter poodle. All right, so that was Willie and his Willie Cannon. Willie Cannon. <laughs> uh, my turn. My turn where I do my thing. Hey, Google. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? I like the Christmas special with Chewbacca. Just kidding. It's probably Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Decent choice. Yeah, no, look. For for OT, I'm still Return of the Jedi. I, got, I was going to ask, I had a couple of questions there. Yeah. First question, mm. have you ever watched the Christmas special? I have. Okay. I was only young and I've only watched it once. Second, well, I watched it a couple of years ago. Uh, we did a live stream uh, watch party. I think it was in the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, last year. No, it was a couple of years ago now. Mm. It was a while ago. Uh Second question was going to be, what is your favourite Star Wars movie? Alrighty, so if you ask me what my favourite Star Wars movie is, which I could continuously, like, if I could just uh, open up the cabin and be like, oh, I wonder what Star Wars movie I'm just going to go straight for, I would have to say it would either be Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. But that's only because of my, my, my clone fetish. But if I was going for, like, a full-on, like, Star wars movie, everything Star Wars, the big characters, the little characters, and everything in between, I'm definitely going Return of the Jedi. Okay. <clears throat> it just, it had everything happening. It had all the different uh, different characters. It had all the, it had all, all the bells and whistles, man. It had the big storyline. had all the little storylines. It had... Had all these different sort of props. Had all these different different costumes, different characters, different everything. But it was all embroiled into one ultimate moment in time. And I just, for me, I couldn't beat that. Yeah, I, I've got different layers to the answer. Yeah. So, like, as far as movies go, and I'm like, what I love is Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, I do love it, but I do know that, for me, Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie. Like if I was saying, what's the best Star Wars movie? Like Empire Strikes Back. It's like what Google said, right? Um, but then on a different level, I'm like, but I really love Return of the Jedi. Um, I know people hate them, but I love watching the Ewoks just like destroy this like huge em- empire powerhouse and they've just got sticks and stones. Yeah. And I, I know people hate them, but I think that's funny as fuck. Anyway, especially when they're um, been, they've been told they have to stop eating stormtroopers. <laughs> uh, yeah. we, we talked about it, didn't we? We, uh, t- we talked about this last that's episode. Right, Hera. Yeah, Hera, Hera, was Hera, Hera, Hera was talking to Han. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's. Yep, I was about to get into that right now. <laughs> Willie just mentioned uh, we need to do buckets because we did forget we to did. do a bucket. I score can't believe it. Ever we give last one a go? Well, we'll talk, okay, what was the what was your buckets for the last one? Okay, what was the oh, last one? Oh, last one, infested. Infested. Oh, yeah, okay. oh, go six. Yeah, six or seven. Sure. I just best moment out of that was my was the echo moment where you know Sid's like, "Don't make a sound. Don't you know? Don't stir the the hive." And then Echo's like, "The what? The what?" 
right, and uh, I'll give you yeah, six or seven. And for this episode, how many buckets, mate? I'm going 10 out of 10, buddy. 10 out of 10. Yeah, why not? I, I, it had everything we loved about it. Yep. Yep. The, may, the story may not have been this grand scheme of things, but because it, it was a simple story, simple storyline, um, and simple objective, uh, and we got so much extra goodness. And even though a lot of the episodes don't exactly end on a win, we don't ever see them end with a particularly distressing moment for the Bad Batch either. Mm. Where this one's more so. Oh yeah. So well, this is the f- this is the first loss of Hunter. Yes. Yes. We've seen the other Bad Batch members captured or you know lost or some some form some form like that, but uh, not Hunter. Hunter's like. Hunter is the voice of reason in that crew. You know, they're all they're all one and the same, but each one has their own little split personality they bring to the collective whole that is the Bad Batch. And we're two episodes till the end. We've got one more episode where we will discuss together, probably. Episode What's 15. Episode yeah. 15. Episode 16, we're hoping to get three of us, me, you, and Jimmy, together to watch yep. together. We are going to record it live. Just our reactions, if we can um, get some good stuff to share. I think that'd be hilarious. We'll try not to spoil too much. Oh, no, it's not even about spoilers. It's not going to be a... I don't want to do a live thing. But <coughs> at least we've got footage there. We can chop up and make funny little videos. Yeah. Stuff, maybe. You know, yeah. that, that's probably more the, what I'm going for. All right, well, let's wrap it up. Uh Give me your socials, my friend. All right, yeah. So if you wanna if you wanna reach reach me, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram under Echo Bischoff. I am Sovereign Forty One on Instagram. You can look at my toys and costumes and other silly shit. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram also with uh, the bad. No, we're well not the bad batch. We're the we're, drop bear company. We're the drop bear company. Of course, that is uh, our. Regional, Regional squad, squad <laughs> in the 501st Legion, the Clone Trooper Detachment, and I really want to do some some 501st thing. I'm I'm after this episode. I'm like, yep, gotta fix my RC, and I want to go and do stuff. I've just got to order my uh, replacement parts yeah. and my Echo from America. Unfortunately, with the current uh, COVID situation with the world, it's making it very difficult to get out and transport wise. And the Aussie dollar's not doing too well. And do anything right oh now. yeah well that too yes yes <laughs> so all right this has been a fantastic episode and uh it has been a fantastic episode hasn't it? it has i loved it yeah it's pretty good yeah i've watched it many times i watched it twice on the telly and then while i've been sitting here i just play it on the computer as i'm doing shit yes right cool it's, the mo- it's probably the one episode i've watched the most yeah well now we've got all that out of the way <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks, Brayden. Thanks for another enthralling episode. Thank you, mate. Thank you for coming every week. Yeah. So I've been William. I've been Brenton. This has been the Bad Bash Chat. No, it hasn't. The talk. The talk. This has been the Bad Bash Talk. This has been the Bad Bash Talk. And as always, may the force be with you. It's fine. It is fine. <laughs> it is fine. <laughs>